Not a matter of if, but when a crisis could rock your world. I'm Rashini Rajkumar, crisis strategist, licensed attorney, and host of The Crisis Files. In each case file, we explore a ripped-from-the-headlines controversy or real-life issue that challenges many. My crisis squad and I are here to find solutions. We also talk with practitioners who are beacons of enlightenment. My guest today is one of those practitioners. Dr. Karen Anderson Abril is a psychologist and author. She hosts the Love & Life podcast. A former psychotherapist and professor, Dr. Karen's platform integrates clinical expertise and data gleaned from psychological research. In the case file I call Good Sex, Bad Sex. Dr. Karen, many say love is the universal need and desire. Somehow, our society has warped that into blown up and idyllic images of love, sex, relationships, and marriage. What do you see in your practice? I see exactly what you are stating and what you are noting yourself, but I would also say that I'm a fan of keeping expectations high, and that can be an unpopular opinion, so I'll just come out of the gates with that because on the other hand of what you're saying, these unrealistic expectations, which I do think are out there, and certainly Hollywood and romantic comedies and those sorts of images and those sorts of messaging can get people to think, oh, if I don't feel butterflies 24-7, then this might not be the relationship for me. But as you may remember from when we first met, I actually called off an engagement when I was in my 30s because I found that I was not shooting for the stars and expecting the best out of my relationship. So I take the other uh, approach on this one. Yeah, and I have to mention her book, Single is the New Black, Don't Wear White Till It's Right. And that was a new book when we first met many years yes. ago. I love the title. It's so catchy. And I know it's done well for you as well as your Love and Life podcast. You get into a lot of hot topics, and that's a big reason why I wanted you on The Crisis Files. Let's start from kind of toughest, and then we'll go really fun and romantic and beautiful, okay? All tough, right. tough topic. This case file Good sex, bad sex. So let's start with the bad. What do you mean by that? I know you talk about boundaries on your show and with your clients. Well, boundaries have to start from yourself. Like your first expectation for boundaries has to be your own behavior and your own thoughts. Even I get into in my podcast, we talk about taking charge of your thoughts, taking charge of your life. And so that is related to expectations, of course. But when it comes to sex, I see a lot of women, unfortunately, getting caught up in what I think was sadly an unintended consequence of feminism, which has told women that we can all be Samantha Jones and run around the town having sex like men. And then women do feel attachment because of a relationship that maybe isn't really even a relationship, but it's gone to a sexual level. And then frustration when things don't play out the way they want. So I encourage women to be very guarded, frankly, in terms of those boundaries around when they allow themselves to be accessible to their partners. And I mean, not just their bodies, certainly their bodies in the sexual realm, but also their hearts and their time and their energy. I encourage them to approach relationships with a little bit more of a measured approach instead of going in full force. That's really good advice. And my sense is you would give that same advice to men. Absolutely. And it's just mostly that I speak to women in this realm because those are the ones that reach out to me. But I agree with you that I think men have the same tendency to sometimes go in too hard, too fast. And sometimes when something's too hot, it can burn out. All right. So that leads me to the honesty piece. Before you can be honest with others, you have to be honest with yourself. And I, like you, married later in life. I remember in my dating days, I always said, look, 
there are periods of time where I'm really not into a serious relationship. I'm into more having fun. But then there were times when I was in sort of a, a series of serial monogamy. But I was always honest with myself about what I wanted in that moment. And all I really wanted from any perspective, in my case, men, any perspective men, was just be honest with me. If I was in a stage yeah. of just having fun, I didn't want someone who was really clingy. And, you know, if I wanted to be more in a relationship, I didn't want them to lead me on. So how do you have those honest conversations, especially early on? Because you don't want to yeah. sound like, oh, my gosh, she's already doing the DTR to find the relationship conversation <laughs> too early. Yeah. And that's a rough one too, because I agree. There's that tension there of wanting to be totally authentic and genuine. But again, early on, too much information can be too much information. So I think it's fair to say, like, just be honest about where you are. If you're looking for fun in those first couple of dates, just, Hey, you know, I'm just right now, I'm just kind of in the casual mode. Again, as you spoke to a moment ago, sometimes we aren't honest with ourselves. So a woman may say that when she really is catching feelings, as they say now, and she's wanting more, but she senses maybe he doesn't or she doesn't. And so then she's presenting herself in a way that isn't genuine and not even meaning to lie to herself. So it's so key to be very like brutally honest with ourselves. And then my second point that I want to recommend is having those conversations too early for me is not a recommendation because people aren't always able to be honest. Even if they're not trying to be disingenuous, sometimes they don't know. I, I prefer just lay back, watch the behavior, see that actions match words and take your time. Again, you can, you can rush a good thing. Take your time. I love that actions match words. You also yes. need to see in the beginning of anything with someone, friend or lover, is right. there a connection? Is there chemistry? And you need some encounters before you can even decide. Absolutely. And the pacing is critical because you want to see this person in a variety of contexts. I mean, we all get that infatuation stage. That's super fun. You know, I've heard it put this way, you know, follow your heart, but take your head with you. So keep your head in the game. And that's just, I think the women in my community that I work with are very cerebral, like you, like me. And we want to be wise. We want to love smarter, not harder. So we do that by keeping our head in the game and going, what I see so far is really nice. And I, I don't want to make assumptions, though, that just because I saw this person in this context, that for sure he's going to act this way in this context. Or even someone, again, he may not know himself that well. And you have a conversation about, oh, yeah, this is how I handle this and this. And then he says, oh, yeah, I'm really low key behind the wheel. And then you're in the car with him and he has road rage <laughs> like crazy. So you really need to let someone show you who they are. Isn't that Maya Angelou? When people show you who they are, believe them. Or and even so tell you a, who they are. And sometimes yeah. well, people yeah, don't want to believe, right? Uh, <laughs> yes. How can people be their own advocate when it comes to any kind of relationship? Oh, I think that's so critical. It's so critical. And how they can do that is, as we've been speaking to, being very brutally honest. And that may mean something very tangible. Like I'm going to write down my values, what is important to me as an individual. And when I'm dating, if I am in that season of looking for something long-term, if someone they're not aligned with my values, then I know this is not a match. Two good people can not be a good match. We know that. So maybe being very concrete about your deal breakers and those would be aligned with your values. And then also I would say, 
have your wingman, <laughs> your wing woman, somebody who you are touching base with, who's going to keep you accountable. Because if you start to catch feels, those emotions may cause you to try to leave your head aside and go with the heart. We want to keep both in the game. I love that expression, catch feels or catching feeling. Right. I love that. That is so great. Okay, let us talk about sex because after all, this case file is called Good Sex, Bad Sex. So let's get into sex. Is there an appropriate timing for sex to be good sex? Like, not like the quality of the sex, but the timing of the sex. Is there a time frame after which you've met someone, there's chemistry, you've caught good feels? (laughs) What's next? Well, according to research by Dr. Duana Welch, and she's written the book Love Factually, and I highly recommend it. It is completely science-based and it's completely research-based. And she is a feminist like none other, but I'm going to sound old school now. The research does show that there are some biological differences between men and women. So if you're a woman interested in a man, you're going to want to let him lead. And again, this is where unpopular opinion in this day and age, but the research shows is that men, as they're starting to catch feels themselves, their dopamine levels start to rise. And this continues, but if they have sex too early, that dopamine crashes and Dr. Welch works with clients, men and women, and the men will say, I don't even know what happened. I was so into her. Couldn't think about anything else but her. And then we had sex. It's like a sugar rush. Yes. So we have to look at the neurology here. We have to pay attention to it. All right. What about women? So you kind of gave us that it goes, the dopamine rises, rises really quickly for men. Not trying to give any other visuals there. but Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not quite the same chemistry for men and women. And so what we find is that women, they can still have that attachment. And in fact, the oxytocin rush with skin-on-skin contact causes them to bond. But then again, this leads to what we spoke to earlier is that then sometimes if they have had sex, and I don't want to put like a number or time frame, but Dr. Welch recommends if you have sex before you're exclusive and he has said to you, I would like to be with you exclusively, no one else, we're going to see nobody else. That if women do that before that point, when he's asked her, which again, drives women crazy because they're like, I'm in charge, I'm independent woman, I want to have that conversation. Like you said, the define the relationship conversation. But if you have it as a woman too early, you will then continue to bond and yet you do not have that commitment from him yet. And so that can cause you to slip into some anxious attachment. This is fascinating, the neurology of this. I wish I had read her book way back in my 20s. (laughs) (laughs) This is a book every parent should give their college-age child. It would maybe, you know, prevent some heartache down the line and just that reality check, right? Yeah, and it's all science-based, which I know you appreciate as well. I absolutely do. What about age and relationships? Are there time periods that, you know, it's good to just sow your oats and get things out of your system? Well, the research does show that if you're both over 28 before the age of first marriage, you are less likely to divorce. So there's a negative correlation in terms of chance of divorce and then age. And that actually research has shown, I I talk about this in my book, that this could even, we don't even know because the data isn't all in, but it could be the case that the older you are at the age of first marriage, the less likely you are to divorce. And again, to your point, you know yourself better. You've sown your wild oats. You're ready. You're like, I've done my independent living thing. So I'm happier. And I don't see the partnership as constraining me. I'm happy and ready to walk hand in hand with someone. And I'll just share a little personal note. How I sort of look at it is 
by the time, you know, in my life, I met the man who would become my husband and still is my husband, I felt like I had, you know, done a lot of different things and there was no, oh, the grass is greener somewhere else. And it was yes. actually love at first sight for us, which I didn't think Aww. was possible in my 30s when we met. It actually was. And through some of the tough times, because we remember our origin story, that has also kept us working through things. So even when you have love at first sight and even when you feel like this is the love of your life, there's still challenges, right, Dr. Karen? And for can sure. you get into that? Oh, absolutely. And that gets back into the expectations. And there's research by an individual named Dr. Donald Bauckham out of the University of North Carolina that talks about those expectations. And people who expect a lot from a relationship tend to have happier relationships. People with low expectations, they tend to have lower quality and less happiness in their marriages. And this is something that the Gottmans have spoken to, too. And so it gets back to when we have that independent time, we can go, hey, I know how to make myself happy. So now I'm not looking to my husband or my wife to make me happy. I know that that's my job. And so I think you have fewer tendencies to like you're saying, look to the partner and then be like, what are you doing to make me happy? What have you done for me lately kind of thing? Now, certainly we're going to have challenges. I mean, life is full of, and in fact, the Gottmans talk about how two thirds of marital conflict actually remains. It's never solved. You just keep fighting about the same stuff. But I do believe that the more, and and again, the research shows this, the more that we look to ourselves for our happiness. And I think we have that opportunity, like when we're in our thirties, like you and I were single women, we're learning that like no relationship is going to make me feel fulfilled or complete. You know, that you complete me is a really bad movie line from a great movie, but a really bad movie line. So we learned that it's our job to make ourselves happier. And then we look to the partner just to be that icing on the cake. I'll say this is an expression that one of my ex-boyfriends, he was one of the loves of my life, but one of the ex-boyfriends we always kind of lived by, or I loved that he said, it's B-Y-O-H, bring your own happiness. Yeah, And that has to happen so first. Good. Oh, I love that. You can use it. You can use it, Dr. Karen. I was gonna, I'll give you credit. I, you don't have to give me credit. You can definitely yeah. use it on the Love and Life podcast. Well, <laughs> you know, the other thing, we have a country in the United States with, unfortunately, very high divorce rates. And that means there's a whole market for people to listen to your podcast, but also <laughs> in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s looking for love. Or maybe they have lost a partner from death, what is your advice for the older segments of society who want love too? I would reframe this. Certainly, whatever brings you to that point, whether you widow, widower, or divorce, I would look at this as an opportunity. As we've been speaking to, the older we are, the more emotionally mature we are, we really have an increased chance of finding a really fulfilling, wonderful marriage and partnership. So, you know, and now listen, my husband was married before. And when I was younger, I, I mean, no one's like, Hey, my dream is to be wife number two. <laughs> but I mean, you don't play Barbies and Barbie walks down with Ken and she's the second bride. But, but we can find that as a wonderful gift, honestly. And I say this living it too, because when someone's been in a marriage, that's not working. And yet they still have hope and belief and they're out there on the scene trying again. You know, they deeply desire partnership and they deeply want to get it right this time. So I would just say, look at that as a possible benefit, actually, and not not to minimize the pain that brought you to that point. I don't mean to do that, but try to see that as like, hey, whoever's out here looking for love, they've been through some rough times and they're still hopeful and positive that they can find it. Dr. Karen, share with people your Instagram handle so they can find you on Instagram. 
Yeah, it's Dr. D-R dot K-A-R-I-N. That I is really important, especially now because everyone hates Karen with an E. So Dr. Karen, D-R dot K-A-R-I-N. And that's where I'm pretty active as, as far as social media goes. Very active. So the topics that she has there. Also, part of the reason I brought it up is I remember following along as you were meeting your now husband. Um, and so I got to see pictures on your Instagram and it was really fun uh, to to see that. So that was really great. Thanks to Dr. Karen Anderson Abril for her insights. Find her on the Love and Life podcast online at loveandlifemedia.com. Check out her book, Single is the New Black, Don't Wear White Till It's Right. Today's Crisis Brief is brought to you by Spoke 612 Productions. Number one, respect your own boundaries with your body, your heart, and your time. Number two, ask yourself, do their actions match their words? Number three, the more we look to ourselves for happiness, the better our relationships will be. Spoke 612 Productions takes your ideas and brings them to life. Linda, Sarah, and Matt are committed to excellence and inclusivity. As a WeBank certified women-owned production company, Spoke 612 inspires awareness and delivers impact through storytelling. When you put your project in their hands, Spoke 612 draws on their own talents and experience to ensure they tell the best possible version of your story. Visit their portfolio at Spoke612.com. Thank you to producer Kim Inslee and our audio engineer Tom Hamilton. Catch up on all case files at thecrisisfiles.com for the show archive plus special videos. Subscribe to our YouTube page on thecrisisfiles.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at The Crisis Files. We do not provide legal, financial, medical, or PR advice for particular situations, but strongly recommend you seek out professionals to help with your specific need. I'm Rashini Rajkumar. Join me next time on The Crisis Files. <laughs> <laughs>